Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival and Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation. I'm your host, John Brooks, and with me as always is co-host Kevin Miller. How are you, Kev? I'm good. Thank you very much. It's 2024, and I'm still a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah, this is take like 16 now, but yeah. uh, this is our first episode of 24, and I know we say it a lot that the the last one was our favorite one, but holy cow, this this absolutely was my favorite one can you believe we just spent an hour talking to turtle no it's uh it's turtle yeah from north shore like the uh i mean obviously john's portrayal of this character took uh work you're gonna hear about the behind the scenes rehearsals and the you know the time he spent with brian king the real life turtle who uh inspired some of the mannerisms so the, the character he talks about how it's a combination of him and brian and it's just great. This is a, a wonderful interview for any of you North Shore fans. It's fantastic. And really, John has had a quite a storied career in film. He's been in uh, 20 or so Hollywood films. Yeah. And um, you can see his passion for it. You can see it just his passion for life. He, it comes through the microphone. He's excited. He's excited about surfing. He's excited about acting. He's excited about talking to us. Like, the guy just has this infectious... Um, joy that comes through and yeah. yeah I just couldn't I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe we got a chance to talk to him it's wonderful how the, his best parts which in my opinion Turtle is like I, we say in the podcast the re only real character that they cast perfectly and right I thought Matt was great um, Greg Gregory Harrison you know there's some good choices in there for sure there's a uh, another movie that John John Philbin did it's called Undateable John and that uh, was written by Cynthia po Posner and we're Hopefully going to try to get them out in February. We'll see if we can show a, a screening of that. It's an unbelievable movie. Yeah, that's the plan for February 3rd. Uh, you know, stay tuned. We'll, we'll announce it on social media and through our, uh, our email list. But uh, right now the plan is to have a screening of North Shore and then show Undateable John and have John Philbin there in person for a Q&A. Yeah. What, what what an opportunity. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I'll freak out if this actually happens. Keep an eye on our social media. You'll know more about that. And um, I think that's it. Let's listen to John and uh, tell his story. It's, it's phenomenal to have him on. Thank you for coming. You. You guys are in New Smyrna? Yeah. Well, no, we, I, we, that's where we do the festival, but we do, uh, 
so I'm recording here in Winter Park. I don't know if you ever been in Orlando at all, or I've been there for horror movie conventions. Okay, yeah, for sure. Like you would probably, but I've never not... been to New Smyrna. Right. Well, on your way to Smyrna is this little suburb called Winter Park, and it's lovely, like little Main Street, old school Florida. It's cute. Nice. Yeah, not too bad. My wife spent eight years in Florida, so she took me back there this last. Uh, Two a month ago, and I met a bunch of her friends and family, and went to a bunch of you know went to a wedding, and went to all the places she used to work, and oh, met nice. you know all the people she knows. And, and where was great. that? South South Miami. Okay. And Del Rey, South Miami, and Del Rey. Yeah, I spent a very short uh, like one and a half years down in uh, like Fort Lauderdale, Deerfield Beach area, which is down that way. It's, I know one guy from New Smyrna, and he had a surf shop called Red Dog Surf Shop. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. You guys were fun. I friends. love that guy, man. I'd see him in Bali. I've seen him in Bali a bunch of times. I've never seen him anywhere but <laughs> G-Land and Bali. Yeah. He sold. I think he might have even moved there, as far as I know. He did. Know. He moved to Bali. He, he, just he, finished, he just finished building a house. It's funny. I've known Dave for God, Dave. almost 30 years. Last wave, Dave. I love that guy, man. Yeah. We've had so much fun. I haven't had as much fun as he has. He has more fun than anybody, but yeah, he's just that guy. I'm. I have a lot more anxiety. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. Speaking of anxiety, he was doing. I walked into the shop one day and I looked at him, and he was kind of standing there in a daze in the middle of the shop. And uh, I said, "Dave, what's?" I'm a CPA for the record. I'm like, that's my real job. And uh, I go, "Dave, what's going on, man?" And he goes. Um, and he holds his thumb up in the air and he's kind of doing this, like they're looking around. He goes, doing inventory. (laughs) You know, people are usually like on lists and stuff like that. Like the guy just like ballparks his inventory at the end of the year to get the best deduction. It was phenomenal, dude. That's such a good one. That's a keeper. I told, I told my account, well, I taught accounting for like 12 years. So I would tell him that story about how the surf shop owners do inventory. (laughs) God, yeah, that is great. I can't wait to tell him that I've met you know, kind of met you guys on the thing. I'll I'll have to get more information from you. I because I'm going to go to Indonesia. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take my wife there for our honeymoon at the end of May, and I'm going to stay through June. Nice. So in terms of the film festival, June doesn't work for me because I might not be back 14th and 15th. Okay. okay. But February for me works. I immediately forwarded your email to Sin Posner. Okay. Because she'd be amazed. That movie did not get the distribution I had hoped. I almost want to re-release it under a new title, The 13th Step, but I don't own it, you know, and, mm. and it would be so, it just, you know, it didn't get any advertised. It never had a theatrical release, not even a party, a cast party. And I think it's really fun and really good. Um, yeah, if can, you're in the right mood, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it'd be hard it. for us to. judgmental. Dude, I, it'd be hard for us to host your cast party in New Smyrna Beach of all crazy places, but it would be classic to have everybody out there. That movie, I, I can't tell you, it's called Undateable John for anybody who knows, doesn't know what we're talking about. And I agree, a good re-release would be great. It seems like COVID, I don't know what happened there, but it, it really did sneak under the radar because I'm laughing. Yeah. My wife and I are laughing out loud in the living room, my man. It is quality, and it seems like I don't know. Did Sen, Cynthia Sen, whatever you call her, um, great screenplay? Like I know she dished you up with some of the best lines of your life right there in that movie, right? Yes, 
Like I did, I did go over the screenplay with her, you know, for, you know, and it went from a small film about some guy we know to a feature film with like movie stars in it, you know, like yeah. it expanded because the material is like, this is funny. This is good. Like, why don't we do it this or that? Or why don't I play a surf instructor? It wasn't even, didn't even start being like that at all. I said, well, if I'm going to do it, you know, let's just bring as much, you can just take as much as me from my life because I was in recovery because I was, you know, I mean, maybe undateable, you know, I was yeah. total <laughs> ground and I was like trying to get sober. I couldn't get sober for a while, mm. you know, and I was teaching surfing. And so, you know, she really took from my life as much as she could. I'm not, I'm not like that guy, but I mean, I, I'm me, but you know, I really enjoyed that work. I mean, there was good. The work was good. We got, I got behind that a hundred percent, you know, just like North shore. Like I got, I was behind that character I was in that I was one of my most perf in informed performances. And uh, and I thought some of the scenes were so sweet. And I got to tell you, she's not here right now. But my wife saw it before I ever met her. My wife was friends with Sin and she saw that movie. And it made her attracted to me, but scared her <laughs> because, you know, she's not from Hollywood. She's from Connecticut. And then she lived in Florida. And all of a sudden she's out in L.A. and she has a friend and she's sober and the her friend goes, Hey, I made this movie, watch this. And she, she, she was like, do you know that? Like, what's that guy's story? She was attracted to me, but she was afraid I was like the character. Like she didn't want to like go out with someone who couldn't get a job, like, and, and was going to live off her, you know? And I'm like, and she's like, no, he's not, that's a, it's a movie. You know, he's not like that. She ended up liking, it. I didn't, she didn't tell me in the beginning, but I ended up marrying her basically, you know, like, cause she really found, you know, that movie helped me get my wife. In nice. I go, honey, you married undateable John. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty funny. That was one of the it's ironic. Yeah. It was one of the thoughts I had when I was watching the movie. I didn't know how much autobiographical stuff had been in there, whether or not you were in recovery. You'd done obviously there's a lot of license going there, but your backups, um, your you know, your 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 troop of guys with the laughs coming in. I mean, those guys have great comedic timing. You are a natural at comedy. I don't know if that's been like a thing in real life for you, but like your delivery of all the, the quick punchy back and forth lines with that. I mean, it's probably your best uh, feature as I mean, even in North shore, like I, you know, you, anyway, I just think you're yeah, fantastic. Know, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm like the lead. I hadn't worked as an actor in eight, maybe 10 years when I got that movie, I hadn't done anything. I'd been, you know, trying to get sober and just teaching surfing. And she was, she was sober and we were sober together in some meetings in AA. And she's like, do you still act? And I'm like, I would love to, but you know, I was unemployable. I don't have an agent. I was like a train wreck, you know, like yeah. drug addict, alcoholic. The only, I didn't know how to do anything. You know, when I stopped working as an actor, you know, and I, and I relapsed into alcoholism and drug addiction, I, I became unemployable and I had no skills. I like, I don't know how to do anything. I mean, I can yeah. pretend to fight. I can pretend to shoot a gun. I can ride a horse poorly, you know, Yeah. but pretend to ride a horse, you know, but I couldn't, I didn't have any real talents or skills other than acting except for surfing. Mm -hmm. And I saw kind of like this little niche place that I could be useful in teaching surfing. And I, I got a job with a friend of mine, Kip Jerger, teaching surfing for Kanoa Surf. I was like, I was old. I was like 45 years old or something. And the next kid next to me was like 16, you know, driving his 
hundred thousand dollar truck, you know, they yeah. live in Palace Verdes down to the thing. And I'm like schlepping tents and pushing people into waves. But I found that I loved teaching surfing. I became a private surf instructor for actors, you know, up in Malibu. Yeah. And it became a second life for me, a profession that I, I ended up loving. I still do it. I love it. But because I was doing that and because I got sober, I got my life together. I started, you know, looking better and being responsible. And she's like, well, you want to be in this movie? It's happened to me a couple times. People have gone, would you still be an actor in a movie? And I'm like, yes, I would love to. Because I was an actor in the, like I used to say, I was an actor in the 80s, you know. Yeah. But now I'm an actor again, you know. And it's like, I love it. And that movie, I think, is great. And it broke you my heart right. that they didn't get a better distribution deal. So, you know, she would love that. I would love that. I'd love to come out. I'd, the more people see it, the better, I think. I don't know how... You know, I'm not I don't know anything about contact people or promotions. I could get that stuff, you know, if you need it. Yeah. Probably. In, any referral? The one to get that. OK, yeah, but that I would, could, that'd be great. I'm just, I was an actor for hire. I'm, I didn't write it. I'm not a producer, I'm an actor for hire, but I loved it. I love that movie. It's some of my best work for sure. Oh, and I got I, my wife. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I wholeheartedly agree. I've uh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm about 23, 25 minutes away from finishing it. And I stumbled on it today doing research for this interview. And I felt like, uh, so my, I'll give you a little background. My wife worked at Sundance. She was an assistant uh, marketing director there for four years. And in 2013, she moved to Florida to start a family with me. We had met out there. And then... Uh, what were you at, doing out there? Um, my old man had a place out there. We'd go skiing. Nice. So I just like grabbed some friends. I was out there with four couples and I met my wife at a, a little bar called the sidecar. Um, and we, uh, we hit it off, but we didn't really talk for a year. And a year later we, um, re reengaged and, um, that's when we hit it off and she's like, all right, well, I, I got to move, I guess to Florida. So she was ready to move on from Sundance <laughs> anyway, but she came and worked at a film festival and a art house theater here for a little while. And, I had started the festival before she moved here just barely with John. And, uh, we got, uh, to the point where, uh, we modeled our festival after Sundance. Cause I had been back with her to see it. And I've been a few times before and I felt like your movie was a perfect Sundance, uh, you know, filmed. I'm surprised, you know, if, if you guys did apply or whatever, you know how it is. Like no, some, we, sometimes they didn't apply to any festivals okay i was like shocked hmm. they didn't they didn't apply for to anything they didn't do anything with it you know it would have cost them money to do that i think maybe they thought they weren't going to recoup their money but i think they underrated that film it's the caliber of uh sunday i go to sundance i watch movies there it is absolutely a hit at a festival like that in my opinion it's too bad that it didn't um but now we get to spread the word and have you out so i'm happy yeah. to do that yeah, it'll have a second life like most of my films. Yeah. <laughs> it'll have a second life will be much better than its first. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I he sent it to me, he he just texted it to me and and I just I was driving at the time but I just went through a divorce last year and I'm oh. currently single and and I just pulled it up and I just see this movie called Undateable John. And my name's John, and I was like, Jesus, man, that's kind of hard. What are you trying to say, bro? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I thought you were my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, we, we, we can definitely uh, say without a doubt that if we can make that happen, it will be an absolute crowd. I just, I know 
I, I'm so impressed with that movie. I don't know what it is, but so good job on that. I'm glad we got to cover yeah. it. Um, yeah. And then we'll get you guys out yeah. at some point. We do four events a year. So if it doesn't work in February for Cindy, Cynthia, we'll, we'll bring her out in August or we'll bring her out in November of next year, but it's, it's going to be a great night. Um, if you don't mind introducing me to whoever you think might have a clue on this, I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. I mean, okay. I, if you guys are that are serious, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, if sin can do it, I'd be stoked. If sin can't do it, I would love to, but it probably doesn't fit your thing. But, um, yeah, I'll, I, hopefully she'll get back to me. I say I'll she, even call her after this and go, Hey, these guys are serious. Yeah. Let's go in February. Cause yeah. that's when I can go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If she can't, but if you do four a year, I, you know, the movie's not going anywhere, you know, it's just going to age better, you know, yeah. Like a fine wine. Yeah, yeah, it is. And if she can't make it, we'll, we'll figure it out. I think we can make it happen. Um, I just one shout out to, uh, Estella Warren who did a phenomenal job. Oh my God. She, you, she was perfect. Just perfect for that. She's gnarly, huh? Like yeah. me and my wife would look at her and go, God, look at that. The way she drinks vodka in the bathroom. Like what an alcoholic. I mean, and the way she looked and the, when the police guy arrested her and just what an alcoholic, you know? And like, yeah. she did it so well and she's so beautiful, you know, also, you know, it's such a Hollywood movie. What is she doing with me? You know, I'm like, yeah. well, we're so fucked up. We're in recovery. And if you know anything about recovery in the first year when you can't get sober, you're just you're you're just bumbling around, you know. It's a great place to pick up chicks, you know, if, if you're a dude. Because <laughs> girls are like they have no fucking sense of what's going on. They're so like they're they're just like, yeah. oh, this would be this guy'd be good for me, you know, like okay. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I love it. The the chemistry between you guys was off the screen, and you guys are well. So she also a very talented actress and obviously beautiful, um, but she just nailed it. And so I'm just, I'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody I know and man. Okay. So enough of that. Um, great if she could come out, boy, that would be great. Okay. Yeah. We can, we'd be happy to make that happen too. It's a really cool place. The campus out at Atlantic center for the arts and um, Sounds like it. our fans would, would really dig it. Our Q and A's, you know, we'll make plenty of time for that. That'd be fun. So yeah, let's back up. We got, uh, well, John Philbin, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your Friday. We're stoked to have you. Um, this podcast is for surfers and by surfers. And we, you know, obviously might get a few non-surfers listening to this, but you know, John and I wanted during COVID to start this, uh, dialogue with people that would be an extension from the festival, make our sponsors happy. And, um, but mostly it's for us. And, uh, we, we wanted to make sure that we could, uh, deliver the same ethos of the festival, uh, in the car while you're driving to work or whatever. And it's, it's gone pretty well I mean, well and also it. and also just to touch on that like the impetus for it when we when we we had the idea to do a podcast and then we're like well shit what are we going to talk about you know and then the idea was when we were kids and i'm sure for you as well um you're a, a little bit older than kevin and i but we're in the same genre and um we had all these great surf magazines and and i i remember getting surf magazines and reading these insane stories and that's where you got your like surf culture stories from in addition to like the ones you created with your friends and now those don't exist. The magazines are all gone and, and it's, you know, there is no, there's not much culture in Instagram and Facebook and that sort of thing. So we were just like, we, yeah, let's just, let's get some like interesting characters like yourself and let's get these stories and let's get them documented, yeah. you know, for his history. 
Absolutely. That's a great idea. Super. Well, and on that, why don't you give us a little bit of background on, on John Philbin here? Like, where'd you grow up? Where'd you learn to surf? You know, that kind of a thing. Okay. I grew up in Palos Verdes. I was born in Carmel, but I was just a little kid. And then I grew up, my dad moved to Palos Verdes when I was in third grade. And Palos Verdes has this really interesting surf culture. It's a very old surf culture. It's very rugged. And I learned to I said, you know, I thought maybe I could like to try surfing. You know, we could see the ocean from our house. My dad used to be a lifeguard on the East Coast. He taught me how to swim. You know, we joined the Rossler pool. I learned how to swim. And he said, okay, if you know how to swim, then you can surf. You know, I bought a used surfboard in a garage. It was a longboard, a single fin beater. And he'd take us down to Rat Beach. We didn't have leashes, had not been invented at the time. I think we'd just drill a hole in our fin and get rubber tubing and a string. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Like a, yep. Then you, you, well, no, you know, guys don't remember that. No, I'm 63. No. So you, you, you always had leashes that were made in a store. Yeah. Come on. But anyway, yeah, we didn't use leashes at first. And then we had to make our own leashes because the shoreline is rocky. And I just remember having a new board. It was such a big deal. O'Neill animal skins came out while I was learning how to serve. That was a huge deal to get an O'Neill animal skin and have someone help you zip it up. And, but I just, I learned how to surf at, at Lenata Bay and Avalanche. Wow. Haggerty's. You know, I started at Rap Beach, which is a sand beach, but as soon as I could angle, you know, I started surfing the rock, you know, Haggerty's yeah. and then Avalanche. I just remember having a new board and losing my board out at Avalanche and it going into the rocks and Palos oh. Verdes. It happened to everybody in PV. That was part of the surfing drill. You had to swim in, get on the rocks, recover your board, you know, and see if it was still rideable and then take it out and surf again. It's like you learn how to surf in a totally different way that, you know, learning to surf for me, I still dream about it. And I moved away from Palos Verdes when I graduated high school in 78. I've never lived back there again. My father still lives there, but I go to visit my dad. I'm going tomorrow with my brother, but, and we always walk along the cliffs at Lenata Bay, you know, and I don't know. I think it was that, but I started dreaming about it. What it was, you know, dreaming about my teenage years, learning how to surf at Avalanche. And I'm like, I've got to go surf that place again. I'm going to surf it again. It's been 40 years. Wow. You know, or, you know, since I surfed, you know, and I just got up early. It had the right conditions, you know, high tide and, you know, a northwest swell with some south in it. And I off, you know, offshore winds. And I just got up at dawn because I live in Sherman Oaks now. I got married and we live, you know, in Hollywood, like basically. Yeah. And, uh, I drove to PV, you know, and like looked around, make sure no one's going to destroy, you know, <laughs> the fuck is that guy? Cause it's super localized. You it know? Is, but huh? I, I grew up surfing it, but it doesn't matter. Just to give everybody a quick geograph geography lesson. Cause people from Florida probably don't know, but it's between long beach. And, uh, I want to say, um, Redondo kind of thing. It's like yeah, that, it's that between long beach and Redondo between yeah. San Pedro and Manhattan beach. Yeah. 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 There you go. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's it's a rocky. You got to go down a cliff. It's really steep. It's a it's a challenging cliff. You wear a backpack with your wetsuit and stuff. You know, you got a towel and a board and a hat, glasses, a backpack. You know, if you want to fit in, and I do. I mean, I grew up there. You got to hi have hiking good shoes on. You know, you hike down that cliff. You change on the rocks. You paddle out. You surf. It's it's slabby waves on rocks. You know, like novelty waves. You know, and then. You change out of your wetsuit on the rocks, you know, you, you put your backpack back on and you hike up that cliff. And it's just a hearty, ex exciting thing to do. And I did it again for the first time in 40 to 50 years. And it was a dream. It was a dream come true. You know, those guys have it. 
so good. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's unbelievably great. They're very protective of it. And I can understand that I was too, when I lived there and it is an unbelievably special. And I am grateful that I had an opportunity to ex grow up surfing that way, but that's where I grew up surfing. And so when I decided to go, I decided to go to college. I didn't know if I was going to be an actor, but I loved acting in high school. I was a surfer actor in high school, which is a weird combination, but yeah. I went to UC Santa Barbara and I mm. got on their surf team, you know, and I, I wasn't very good. I mean, I wasn't a competitive surfer, you know, I was like a lifestyle, like stand up, go straight, kind of big boards and cruisy guy, but I like bigger waves, you know, but I was trying to learn how to turn because you know like so i got a key to the sands you know to the california beach that private surf instruct surf team members got a shirt and a key to yeah the nice beach. i competed for a year you know like i didn't do very well I, but i didn't you know really love it but it was when i was there that i decided i wanted to be an actor at uc santa barbara and i so i dropped out of school my second year and I went down to live with my mom in San Diego. She was dying of cancer and she lived in Ocean Beach near La Jolla. And I would go down there and go, fuck, the surf is great down here. You yeah. know, and I was living with her in San Diego and surfing Ocean Beach, Blacks, La Jolla, you know, the La Jolla reefs. I was, this is just like Palos Verdes, except there's how, there's no cliffs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, like I was like, I can't believe people live in houses with a lawn and then a sandstone rock and soft white sand and then a reef break right in front of their house. <laughs> I've never seen anything anywhere in the world like that. I mean, right. it was just shocking. I love it. But anyway, my mom passed away in uh, 1980 and I transferred to USC to become an actor, to to go to film school, you know, to go to acting school. It's a yeah. BFA program, a theater program. True. And I had decided that's what I wanted to try to do. That's what I wanted to do, period. That's what I wanted to do. But I didn't know that I could ever live in a city. I don't know if you guys know, you know, like I had grown up at the beach my whole life. Yeah. Like, well, if I want to be an actor, I want to be a Hollywood actor. I want to be in movies and TV. What if I can't stand living in a, in a city? Right. What if I just can't take it? Like some guys can't stand stoplights, you know? They got to live in Mexico or Costa Rica. Like a right. stoplight, they'll just, they'll kill themselves, you know? Right. Or kill <laughs> yeah. Can't sure. take it, you know? <laughs> but I found that I really loved... I love LA. I, I still live here. I loved the city and I just got totally into punk rock and going out at Hollywood and clubs and studying acting. And I met a bunch of actors and I just started doing theater when I got out and on my summers, I would go to New York and, Oh, um, I go to New York and go see theater in New York. And, you know, I just became a professional actor and I kind of for, put surfing in the back. I'm like, I'm just focused on being an actor strictly focused on this on work and then that movie north shore was about the fifth movie i ever did the script came up i'd already done four movies i'm like i'm just an actor you know like yeah horror movies westerns you know like drama i want to be the best i can be and then i read this script north shore and i was like wait my character surfs pipeline right <laughs> he goes out at pipeline and catches a wave wait who's going to be in it jerry lopez jerry lopez in the <laughs> jerry lopez is in this movie and i surf pipeline. i'm like Touchdown. That, I, I got to do that. That, yeah. that. I I really want that. And it was the hardest movie for me to get of all the movies I've ever gotten. Like Tombstone, I didn't even have to read for it. It was offered to me. Wow. You know, Point Break was offered to me. Wow. Probably because I did North Shore. But North Shore I had to audition for seven times. Wow. Seven callbacks. Like, uh, we don't see it. What? He's not blonde. He's not really funny. I don't get it. You know, he doesn't look like a surfer. He's kind of pale and he's pudgy. And I'm like, you guys, I am a total surfer yeah i just don't speak you know 
I'm not blonde. I'm not tan. I've been, I just was just robbing banks out in Milwaukee, you know, yeah. in Dillinger, a TV movie. Yeah. I'm not, you know, but I could do it. And the, the director, the producer, Randall Kleiser had worked with me, but my very first, second movie I shot was called Grandview USA. I played a handicapped, per, mentally handicapped person. They don't use the word retarded anymore, but a handic- mentally handicapped, challenged sure. person. And he said I did such a good job, he thought that I could transform into the surfer that I had to play. And he goes, he'll he'll transform into it, you know. And luckily for me, you know, I got to meet the guy it was based on, Brian King. He yeah. picked me up at the airport, and I was like, are you the guy? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're living with me. I, I need your help. I, I'll do anything for your help. We're best friends now. You're living in my house. And we rented a house. I rented a house and moved him in. And went over this, you know, constantly went over this. He hand, he like, I go, what does that line mean? What does that word mean? How did you say that? What Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say yeah. it again. Say this whole line for me, you know, and then I'd go shoot it. How was that? You know, he goes, that oh, wasn't that, you know, it wasn't as good as yesterday or your first scene. I'm like, oh, wow, what's the, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I did the best I could. And I was really playing him and me, you know, combined, like he, he really informed that role. So I really got lucky having the source material present. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I could go to school on him and he could explain things right. to me. Plus I've been going to Hawaii since I was 16, you know, and I just, I, I'm a, I'm a white guy who would fake a pigeon accent <laughs> back when I was a teenager sure. thinking like, this is gonna, you know, I'm just trying to fit in, you know, right. I'm a chameleon. I want to fit in where I go. And I want to be an instant local, you know, and I'm not, you know, I end up saying the stupidest things. That tendency of mine and makes me say the dumbest, the funniest, like that guy is clueless kind of thing. <laughs> that's been that's been what I've done all my life, you know, oh, trying yeah. to pretend to do more than I, you know, I fit in. But it works great for acting. How did Bill Finnegan, uh, was he on set at all? Did you run into him? Yeah. yeah so and did he, he didn't direct, obviously, he was a producer. And, yes. Um did he help with the script at all or no? I don't think he helped with the script. You okay. know, he's a, he was a producer, you know, and he lived in Hawaii and then he lived in Burbank and, sure. and he, you know, had Hawaii five, had worked on Hawaii five Oh back in the day yeah. in Hawaii, you know, and he raised his son, Bill Finnegan of barbarian days in Hawaii. And then he moved the, you know, Hollywood, you know, California and then Hawaii. And we knew we had read some New York times articles. Hey, Bill Finnegan, your, your son's a writer. He goes, yeah, he's a really serious writer. He lives in New York, you know. And I go, do you think he would ever? Because me and Matt Adler, we we loved us. We're making a surf movie. We're yeah. and we became best friends. I'm like, do you think your son would ever be willing to write a, a surf story, a surf script? And he goes, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Bill would never write about surfing. He's a serious writer. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and he's a great writer, and he's written a lot of great stuff. But he's famous for his autobiography about surfing you know like yeah. and i just think that's another ironic funny twist where life takes you if you stay alive how that wheel turns like he would never ride it and next thing you know like he's famous for it yeah. it's his claim to fame now even though he's a very talented person oh, by yeah. riding it's a pulitzer i think it won the pulitzer won the pulitzer yeah, yeah. crazy yeah and that, he, that's ironic he, too because you're like i at least in my circle of friends um when it comes to north shore the movie like you're you're the most iconic character. The like most real, you're the, the you're most the, real character. Yeah, like yeah. you're the character that everybody identifies with. You're the character. You're you're absolutely the most quoted 
character from the movie. Um, and so that, yeah, that's just ironic that it was actually quite difficult for you to get that role because most people, yeah. all the people that I know are just like, Hey, out of that movie, the one guy that was like just playing himself the one they was cast that guy, correctly. you know, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, it was a very, I got very lucky getting that part, but I worked harder for that part than any part I've ever gotten in the past. You wow. know, like I've not gotten a million things, but that I, but I've never wanted anything more. Yeah. And I've never worked hard and never been denied more. Like I really, I'm born to, uh, this is me. I'm telling you, I can do this. Like, no, nah, I don't, I don't see it, John. I'm sorry. Wow. Like one more try. Give me one more try. <laughs> you know, and I never, it wasn't, I, you know, the, the producer Randall Cliver gave me that job against the studio and the, and Bill Phelps, uh, you know, opinions about me. Wow. He sent me over to Hawaii and I moved in with Brian King at the house next to Pipeline where John John Florence grew up and Jamie O'Brien lived before the Florences. Yeah. That little gray rental shack, I called it the poop house. I lived there next to the park <laughs> and would hang out in the Pipeline Park all day long and listen to those guys talk. I'd just sit wow. on the bench outside where the showers are and listen to Hawaiian bodyboarders and surfers talk. Yeah. All day, every day. And, and Brian King, I would have him read the script, read the lines over and over again. So... Yeah, I got really lucky, and how, and I love surfing. Right, I'm a surfer. Yeah, yeah. did you surfer get waves and a method pipe? actor, and I got to play turtle, and it was just you know like I'm not blonde. I don't you know I have hair on my chest. I'm <laughs> yeah. not, I don't speak pigeon. I'm not from Hawaii, but did I don't do know how to stand a board. But it was an informed performance, that's for sure. That's great. Now, two questions on the script uh, was the were were these um, well now infamous lines, but uh, you know. Nobody listens to Turtle, and uh, yeah, no. no. Were, were were those in the script? How do they how do they come? Yes, to they were in the script, and I didn't understand them at all. Brian King had to explain them. I think it was he was an original. Brian is a very artistic and original thinker, very artistic, very off the beaten path kind of guy. He 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 moved to New York and became an artist, just like in the movie of Rick Kane, and then he saw the towers come down, and he moved back to Hawaii and Got started. You working on surfboards again and now he makes amazing surfboards bra bra surf is his apparel flynn novak is his team rider he yeah. makes the best boards and he you know i mean flynn novak such a so great i mean i love the hawaiian surfers right they're my favorite but but brian king glasses and makes amazing surfboards and bra bra yeah. surf is his brand but anyway, I didn't understand what the, the not, I didn't understand that, how that was. No, Barney, never heard of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, never heard of it. You know, like I didn't, all those things were source material from Brian King and the writer. You know, they had created a quirky character, you know, and I just inhabited it all, you know, I like, like my friends would make fun of me because they're like, God, you just, you're such a ham, John. You're just acting up a storm, you know, <laughs> like everyone else is just playing it straight and you're just like, going off you know and i was like well you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it ended up working it. out for me you know it ended up working but yeah i went off on it but the only line i know of that was in that script that wasn't written in the script was when i said i said welcome to pipeline spit that was not in the script okay spit was not in the script it okay. might have been welcome to pipeline but the only word I ever had lived was spit. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it works for me because that's pipeline for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the next question I had was, did you get time in the water, a pipe with Jerry looking around, making sure you got all the right waves? How did that work out? How did that first paddle out with the boys work? 
<laughs> I'll explain. I'll tell you that story. Okay. The answer is yes. I surf pipeline all the time. I only had to work three days a week. Every other day I was out of pipeline. Wow. Uh, the way the paddle outs when I'll, I'll talk about rehearsal first and then shooting rehearsal. I'm like, Hey, I'm living in this house right by pipeline. They're parking the makeup and the, and this craft service and the trucks, the wardrobe trucks in Aokai beach park, you know, that where they where pipeline in front of the pipeline pipelines on one side, Pupake is on the other. I'm, I'm on the side of the yard. Like in the Jerry Lopez, I think was living in the, his pipeline house, which okay. is now Volcom, which is on the other side of the park. I would go into the trailer and say, hey, I'm, you know, they'd maybe dyed my hair twice and wax my chest. I go, you know, I'm turtle. I'm going to have to surf pipeline in the scene. We're shooting in a couple of days. I want to take a board out and practice. And they're like, oh, well, your, your boards, we just got them. You know, they're, they're never really cured. They're, they're very fragile. We only have two of them. I go, okay, well, you know, give me one of them. Cause I need to rehearse the scene. It's, you know, it's important. Yeah. And like, all right, well, listen, you got to be really careful with this board. I mean, really careful. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go surfing on it. You know, like, I hope it works. It's important to me that it works. I'm an actor rehearsing a scene. Thank you very much. I'll be back when I'm done. You know, yeah. they'll be like, what a little dick. You know, what a little <laughs> you know, like, their job is to have these props ready. You know, my job is to like, I'm going to use this till I feel comfortable on it because right. I didn't bring a surfboard over to Hawaii and I'm right. going to go surf five. So I'm, I <laughs> yeah. paddle out, get caught inside, bail, whoop, board snaps in half. And I'm <laughs> back in there, man. Hey, man, it, it broke. <laughs> no, it broke. We only have one more. I go, yeah, I need that one. I'm going to take that one out. Now. John, no, you can't. You have to, we need it for shooting. I go, I need to take a surfboard out that I'm going to ride in the scene. And that's the only one. So that's the board I'm going to take out because I need to rehearse. And they're like, uh, they had to go to someone. They're like, okay, let them go. Because I was a super method guy, you know, like yeah. I was super into it. Took it out, you know, searched a couple ways, whoo, snapped it, you know, broke it. And I oh, brought no. it. Like, I don't know, man. And it goes, they're just like, I swear, <laughs> they were, their heads were down in their hands. Just, and I was like, you know, oh gotta, get some, gotta get some new ones. You know, we made, I broke six boards before I shot that scene. Oh my wow. God. Six. <laughs> and when it was the day of shooting, they had to go get a board from a shop. Wow. And buy it. And it was an Eric Arakawa, you know, it's multicolored. Yeah. Colorful board. Can you ride this out? Yes, I can ride that. You know, like <laughs> we had to buy one from the shop. Unbelievable, we had man. Six, and I had snapped six. Who was making so the, who was making I'm, the boards? The ones that you uh, were we got some from Dennis Pang. We got some from not Eric Arakawa, but maybe a maybe JC. Okay. I mean, Barber. we got some beautiful boards. Yeah. Maybe John Carpenter. Maybe um maybe um God, this guy's a great shaper, and I've got one of his boards in my garage. It starts with an R, and I, I I can't think of it right now. But if it comes back to me, I will. But let me tell you what it was like shooting. So now it's time to shoot the scene. I've been rehearsing. I'm sort of, I, I would go to Matt Adler. He'd be in the chair. I'd be drinking a cup of coffee off the trailer going, what are you doing today, Matt? He'd be like, oh, I have to like ride a horse. And then like I get, you know, I've got like, <laughs> I'm going to, Nia and I, I'm going to try to kiss Nia. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He goes, what are you going to yeah. do? I'm going to go surf pipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know, so jealous. But it was the time of my life. Believe me, it was the best time of my life. I'm out there, Adam. 12 is teaching me, giving me tips. You know, sometimes Jerry's out, you know, sometimes Laird Hamilton is out. Yeah. But when it's time for me to film, I go out with the who, some Hooey guys. Wow. Uh, this guy's name was Teddy Bear at the time. <laughs> and he, 
you know, he's the Hui were the water patrol. You yeah, couldn't, yeah. no one in our movie could surf in Hawaii on camera without Hui members getting paid for it. Yeah, you know, Brian, right? Brian, Brian Kailana was there, right? He was looking over. Yeah, Brian Kailana yeah. was there. Terry, yeah, definitely. Before he started Hawaiian Water Patrol, he probably watched that movie and went, I'm starting Hawaiian Water Patrol because when yeah. I did Point Break, he was the guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know you. And like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. started Hawaiian Water Patrol and they, took over the, over the world, you know, like for, for what they do, the best in the world, right? But he was, Brian played a member of the Hui or might even have been a member, played a member of the Hui and he's there, you know, but the guy that took me out into the water at Pipe when I shot the film with Don King filming and Dan Merkel, I think, he goes, his name's Teddy Bear, we paddle out. I've been rehearsing, you know, for four <laughs> weeks, <laughs> but we go over to the, just outside the peak, you know, and he goes, okay, everybody listen up. You sit up, turtle. I sit up. I'm like, I'm pale. I've got white blonde hair. I'm just sitting up next to him. And he goes, all right, everybody. See this guy? Raise your hand. I'm like, when this guy goes, nobody else goes. If you paddle for the wave, I'm going to break your finger. And if if it happens twice, I'm going to send everybody in. Right. We're just going to get a couple of waves and then we'll be out of your way. Okay, turtle, call your wave. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Shit. No pressure, buddy. No pressure. Oh, holy shit. No pressure. On a, in, on a board you, you haven't surfed in front like, of the hooey. What? I said, with a board you haven't surfed in front of the hooey. Yeah. He goes, well, you know, like, and, and you know, it, it wasn't the kind of scary, it wasn't scary pipe. I've been yeah. rehearsing, you know, but it was, there were some eight foot faces, you know, like it was some, it was really user friendly pipe when I got to surf it really user friendly you know not yeah. too thick i'd surfed it gnarlier you know i'm like i i can do this you know but i had to like if i got to catch six waves with him saying blocking for me wow wow that's amazing. and then i got to do it one more time just because it was the cast out there and i got to go out there and i had blockers who were like i'll be on this side of you this guy will be on that side of you we're gonna go but we're gonna pull back at the last second and you better go. And I'm like, I will, yeah. I will, I will, I will. <laughs> I would never get those waves otherwise. Fair you know? enough, yeah. I'm, I'm forever grateful. That's so cool. That's I think amazing. the wave they kept in the movie was you were, uh, you, you came out of the tube, you got a little spit behind you, and you kind of checked over the wave to see if Rick, you know, is 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 about to get, you know, the, the wave that he gets pile driven on, I think, like that. You're kind of doing a little check. And, that's exactly uh, right, man. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I went out and looked a, back, and then came back in. Like it was pretty basic, but it was super fun. That was a good scene. Like all of your surfs. Yeah, obviously that scene was great. And you, you know, my it, only surf scene. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, the check to see if Rick is coming. I don't, I don't know if that's in the script or not, but like, no, it's definitely not in the script. It, the, the, you know, those actions are just that's a surfer. You know, when you hire yeah. a surfer actor exactly you know you get little things like that like i like to tell people i've surfed pipeline in character for three different hollywood productions and it's true like surfed i surfed it a lot for point break we i surfed a lot of pipeline you don't see me surfing pipeline but i surfed a lot of it in a different character and then i did a movie for john stockwell who did blue crush he hired me to be a surf instructor for blue crush to kate bosworth then he did a surf because universal liked him and he did a surf tv pilot it did not get picked up but it filmed on the north shore using north shore surfers in the impact zone i got to get beat up and get beat people up and surf pipeline because i was the only actor that could do that yeah so i got to surf pipeline in character for john stockwell's tv pilot which was called the break which never got 
picked up. And a lot of pilots don't, but it, I'll tell you, that was, I like, I knew the drill. I'm like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. We had block, by that time we had like blockers who were Braden D. I, we, we had pipe master, pipeline posse guys just going, who wants a job today? Protecting actors out of pipeline. You got to like, got to tell people like not to go and let them go. Wow. You know, and that's, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, it's a job, right? You get lunch and a hundred bucks or whatever, 200 yeah. bucks. And I get to serve pipeline. I wouldn't, you know, it was like, I'll do it every chance I get. I'll do it any chance I can, you know? Classic. Well, I mean, it's just, I'm sitting on the shoulder. Yeah. The, the work that, that you've done in addition to acting is like, I mean, you've caught a football from Johnny Utah and scored a touchdown. <laughs> you, uh, you said, uh, well, I think, well, didn't, didn't the masochist fucking shoot you in the movie? Yeah. In that's point, my claim in, to fame bro. in point break right i mean mass the masochist fucking shot you dude that's the insane. masochist shoots turtle in point break yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that that's is insane. my claim that is my tombstone surfing fuck yeah dude thing. when you're hiring for a small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through linkedin jobs your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply i that's love on it. my tombstone i didn't mean tombstone the western i mean in terms of you know when i die yeah, i yeah. mean like anybody who's like follows movies and surf culture and then to me yeah the masochist <laughs> from my favorite surf movie big wednesday no ever doubt. The masochist shoots and kills turtle. Some people's favorite little character from a goofy surf film in Epic. Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze movie, Point Break, a kind of serious buddy cop movie that's got great surfing in it. That's become a culty. You know that movie yeah. has just yeah. um, has just entered this stage that I've rec I've seen before when people are starting to reproduce shirts and and name their everyone's calling their kids Bodie and their dogs and like yeah it's from Point Break like. You know, they're, it's really stayed, it's really caught on, that yeah, movie. classic. I'll tell you, the first year we did the festival, John, you want to tell the story? What, what, what was our man's name that came from, was it England? And uh, shot a, like, short documentary, but it had all dialogue from Point Break, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Andrew Blackman yeah. is his name. And it was so well done. It's, like, well shot, well... But the, he would fit lines from Point Break into interactions. This pseudo main character was a, it was a 14, 13, 12 minute long movie. But 
uh, it had us rolling. And uh, to this day, I think you could find it online out there. There's a link on our archive page if anybody's looking for it. Do you remember the name of it, John? I don't. I okay, don't. I'm yeah. racking my brain. But yeah, we'll look it up later. But anyway, um, it's funny too because, like, like you 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 said it. You said uh, you know this g- g- kind of goofy surf film. Uh, the North Shore, but in a lot of ways, like Hollywood's taken a lot of cracks at surf in in the movies, and North Shore, in a lot of ways, probably North Shore and Point Break, um, but North Shore they they got the surfing part so right, and like like what Kevin was saying on like you you catch that 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 your wave that's on that's in the movie, you drop in, you get barreled, you get spit out, you come over the back, you check for your buddy because that's what you actually do like that's what a surfer does you like turn around and see is my buddy gonna get the next one and like that that's what was i think for all the goofiness that surrounded the film the surfing was maybe some of the best actual surfing that's ever been on a, on the big screen yeah, yeah. They, they've in the editing room they dropped the ball a couple times we have to admit i mean he drops in on a short board going left sure and he kicks out on a long board going right but the editor doesn't know i mean maybe uh yeah I don't know. Den- was Dennis Jarvis an advisor on that film? I know he was on Point Break. No, Dennis was Point Break. Yeah. Okay. We didn't really. We didn't have an advisor. Yeah. You know, right. like, but Bill Phelps is made surf movie before he made this. He was a full on surfer, and they insisted on hiring surfers. He would have cast the whole thing with surfers, but cool. Universal Studios yeah. said, "No, yeah. I mean, we we're not going to use surf. You know, like you saw in God's Hands. I mean, yeah, we're, we're using actors for the. You know, this is a." universal studios feature film right you know we're we're using we're using actors <laughs> that we approve you know and they they and um we had to take surf tests Gregory harrison surfs yeah matt adler is a great surfer me i had to sur- i surf you know jerry lopez great surfer laird hamilton aki yeah robbie page everybody surfs yeah you know yeah. And, and and we had to surf you know like they, you know, if you weren't a professional surfer, you had to take surfing tests. You had to test. Yeah. Because they wouldn't let someone who didn't know how to surf play oh my, these parts. Oh, my God. How great is that? It it's was amazing. amazing. When I saw amazing. that this movie was coming down the line, I'd seen like an advertisement on ESPN or whatever. I was watching a full-on trailer on actual TV. This is straight up before the internet. And uh, I'm like, holy shit. I'm oh my! They made a movie for me. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. You know, I was like, oh god, and lo- exactly loved every right. minute of it. I've seen it probably twenty five, thirty five times. Who knows? But <laughs> the I showed it to my kids the other day, uh, John, and uh, my seven, no nine year old uh, Jude uh, laughed out loud at the yeah, no, <laughs> laughed out loud, bro. It was fucking the delivery's quality, my man. You. You got my nine-year-old in 2023 laughing out loud. So, well done. You got to hook them early, man. That's, yeah. that's that's my only hope in life. Hook the kids early. Oh, you just have such a positive vibe on screen. I mean, I've, it's, I know you've done some horror horror movies too, but you bring the yeah. you bring out, you know, smiles. And uh, so, yeah, stoked on it. Yeah, man, just loving it. Um, what else you got, John? You got any um, questions? So I'm curious, and it's funny because um, I actually uh, had a, a little bit of a similar path. I was born and raised in Florida, but then I went to school in Santa Barbara as well. I went to Westmont, um, and nice. I was there for uh, was in Santa Barbara for five years total, and then I went to San Diego and lived in Encinitas for five years, and then wow. then I went back to Florida and been back in Florida ever since, and been lucky to travel and stuff like that. But um, so after Santa Barbara. 
you, you go to Santa Barbara. You were there, I think you said, for two years. Then you go down yeah. to San Diego. Your mom passed away. You go to USC, and you study acting. And what happens when you – so you you're, you finish – I don't know if you finish the program at USC or if you got a job. Like, t- like take no. us to that next step. Okay, yeah. I So I finish school at USC. I get a, my degree. You know, I um, immediately got a play. Before I finished someone, I was doing some pretty good – school classwork at USC and <clears throat> someone had written an equity waiver play. And I was an actor in a play equity waiver, you know, small theater, you know, doing my thing, you know, and a manager, I got a good review in uh stage craft magazines. I don't even think they have them anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I remember getting up at dawn and driving to the Valley to some magazine stand that get, had these theater, you know, these trade prints, you know, like yeah. I can't even think of the name anymore. Yeah. This is 1982 or 83, wow. okay. you know, and, and looking to see if there's a review and there was, you know, and I got a pretty good review and a manager came, you know, a low rank, you know, fishing manager. And he, he actually was a great guy, you know, but I ended up not staying with him, but he, he said, Hey, do you want to do this? You want to, let's go to the copper penny. I'll get you a thing. Maybe we can go to the YMCA and wrestle and stuff like you know, you want to be an actor? And I'm like, yeah, I want to be an actor. You know, I'm, I don't want to wrestle. I'm not going to wrestle you. But, you know, it's kind of weird. But he introduced me to my first agent, Steve Dauntonville, who ended up being a great agent with for me. Right. You know, and he stuck with me for way, you know, longer than a lot of people would have. But he placed me the second, you know, I was only with him for three months and I got I got Children of the Corn and Granby USA. So wow. I had two movies you know, before I'd shot one, I'd booked two and I, and I was pretty stoked about it. You know, Children of the Corn was the first movie I ever did. Then I did Grand View USA. Then I did The New Kids. Then I did, I think, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. And then I got North Shore and Shy People back to back. Like, and I went over and did North Shore. When I was doing North Shore, Jerry Lopez said, John, I told him I kind of quit surfing, but I used to surf all the time. And he goes, don't ever quit surfing again because, mm-hmm. One, you can do it for the rest of your life. It's free. You yeah. do it all over the world for the rest of your life. You you know how to do it. You're good at it. Don't ever quit again. You know, not that you're a bad actor or anything, but just keep <laughs> surfing. You know? yeah. Keep surfing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep surfing. So after I did, I think Shy People or something, I started going to Indonesia a lot. And I started just going there every year. And I would see Jerry Lopez over at G-Land. You know, and he goes, yeah, you know, like it was so great to see him. You know, we'd surf these beautiful waves in, in, oh, yeah. in G-Land. At, you know in java i never stopped surfing again i remember my dad saying to me like when are you gonna you know when are you gonna quit this surfing thing yeah and i was like never and you know it has come back in my life to be one of the greatest things for me ever you know what i'm so it's given it's given me so much and i still love it and yeah. i and it's still part of my life and it's actually brought me into theater into film i've gotten films because i'm a surfer exactly you know it's just been a great thing so yeah i was i when i got out of usc i i was a hollywood kid i mean i stopped surfing i was just going to clubs and stuff for a long time and living and doing the the hollywood you know dark you know late nights and then working i'm an overtrained underemployed actor i would take these acting classes from the best in street you know 
Peggy Trailer and, you know, Sean Penn's in my class, you know, like it's wow. just great actors, Laura Dern, Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm working with these people in class. And then I, you know, and then I go, I'll go and do a movie and then I'll just go, okay, I'll do a movie in the Philippines, like, and I'll just go to Bali for two months. Nice. Right? And that's what I would do. I would do a movie and then I would go to Indo for two months. Right. When I would come back, my agent would be like, well, you missed like, you know, some good stuff. Are you going to stick around for a while? You know, and eventually they're like, what are you, a surfer or an actor? What? I don't, I don't get it. I mean, you should be here taking advantage of all these things, but you just go off and go surfing, you know, like, I don't think anybody really appreciated it, but I did. Yeah. It was my life. You know, I've got both those things. Yeah. And the other one came back when, 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 yeah, the other one came in very handy when I, when I, you know, and maybe I couldn't, I didn't work. My career didn't keep going like it did in the eighties and nineties, maybe because I would go away to two to three months, you know, and, and people thought I wasn't serious or I wasn't around to take advantage of the opportunities, but who knows? You never know. I, I'm not, I'll never know. But all I know is surfing was there for me when I hit a rock bottom, a very dark, lonely place. Surfing was there for me. Yeah. And well, it's, I it's, love it. It's and the I'll longevity. Never, I don't ever regret going surfing. Good. It's yeah. the longevity play in my book, uh, making money and becoming a Hollywood uh, star or whatever. It's not the, it's not really a good goal. Like your, your journey should be the goal and your journey has been an, an amazing one. And it, like you said, you, I mean, in unda undateable, John, you said you're 63, you played a 45 yeah. year old guy and you look <laughs> the part. And, and I mean, actually that's what long, all my friends who surf look 10 years younger. And so yeah. it, it's, it's phenomenal. You're in great shape, obviously in the movie. It. I mean, yeah, it keeps you in really good shape. So it's, I think you were no second guesses there, right? I don't have any, you know, I'm glad I did. I don't have, I don't regret my choices. You know, they were on, a lot of people looked at them like, yeah, you know, God, you don't, you're not taking this acting thing very seriously. I'm not, but I was a serious, I, I'm a, like you see in Undateable John, I'm into it. I love it, you know, but Absolutely. no, I'm not going to sacrifice my entire life on this planet quality because, you know, going to try to get a job, you know, that, that I don't even love. You know, I've been, I was spoiled when I was younger. I got to do a lot of jobs that I really love. And those got fewer and far between as I got older. And I was going in on jobs I, I felt I wouldn't even enjoy doing. Right. Mm. I was just chasing the job, chasing yeah. the work, you know, and I'm getting rejected for things I didn't even want. Right. That's a weird thing as an actor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, fuck, I'm just going to go surfing, you know, and like. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of that line. Um, John Favreau says in Swingers when when he's like, yeah, and I'm, what am I going to do? Go to this party and get fronted by girls with backpacks? And it, you know, I don't. Yeah. Really, it's like I'm I don't, supposed <laughs> to be all all impressed because she's got a little backpack. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be impressed because she's wearing a little backpack. <laughs> yeah, great. Line. Yeah, he he's so that movie was just another just gem uh, of a film. It was. Yeah. It, it had pulp fiction life. sort of impact on me too. I I feel like, big impact. Yeah, so that's cool. So the, tell us about the Point Break. Got, we've got a few minutes left. Tell us about the point break casting process. I figure we go about 10 or 15 more minutes. If you got time. Yeah, whatever you want. I'm here. I will tell you. So point break was called riders on the storm. First. I read the script when I think, uh, Tony Scott was directing it. Okay. Charlie Sheen was cast and someone else. I went in and read for Bodie and I didn't get it, but I had a good reading with Tony Scott okay. <clears throat> and he cast me as Nathaniel. Okay. I read the script. Nathaniel had a bigger part back then. 
And I was like, oh my God, I got cast in another surf movie. This is going to be huge. It's going to be so good. And I can play this part. This is a guy that gets betrayed. Right. Not unlike Turtle, he's like love, you know, he idolizes this one guy, Bodie, and then this new guy comes in, you know, Johnny Utah, right. and he infiltrates our gang and Bodie falls for him. And I know it's a fucking mistake and I'm heartbroken. Mm. And in the original thing, I kill myself to show him that guy is a, is, is, is a fed, okay. wow. and he, you know. I don't know. It's questionable whether I kill myself, but I die in a skydiving scene. Gotcha. But it's a great, it was a great part. And I'm like, I fucking God, I've made it, you know, like this is going to be it. Yeah. And the movie got dropped by the studio and it went into turnaround. I'm like, Oh, that movie got dropped. I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to keep plugging at it. You know? And I think it was about eight months later or something. I was doing or a year later, I was doing some job and my agent called and said, Hey, remember that movie? you know riders on the storm they've re-picked it up Catherine bigelow is going to direct it now she's a woman director she's great they've recast it with patrick swayze and keanu reeves and they want you to play nathaniel again they want to hire you wow for the same part it's a different studio different director and i'm like oh you know i was so happy and i i, I go i want to go meet the director you know i'll go read for it. he goes you don't have to read for it you know, I go, no, I want to, you know, like <laughs> I almost read myself right out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same with North Shore. Like, I want to read. And then she's like, yeah. oh, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to read again. Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> Please don't read. I'm again. not that kind of an actor. You know, I'm like, give me, give me a month and I'm there. I'm the guy Yeah. But in the office. Like, Classic. <laughs> but, but I wanted it so bad. And, you know, I brought in pictures of me. I'd skydived once in my life, a static yeah. line jump. I brought that. I, I served pipeline. Obviously, I brought a picture of me serving pipeline. I go, I am this guy, you know, like, yeah, but whatever. I got that part. We read through it with Patrick, you know, and I'd worked with Patrick in my very first movie, Grandview USA. He yeah. was in it, too. And I'd met him and I went, well, I, well, I know you, buddy, you know, and yeah. like <laughs> he became our leader and right. I became I still love, I still talk to James Legros. These are the, uh, the bank robbers in the movie okay. and, yeah. and, uh, Bo, Jesse, Christopher, I saw him a week ago. I love him. I wow. love James. Legro. It was me and us three and Patrick and Patrick just took care of us and we loved him. He took us skydiving, you know, we went wow. surfing with him. He was so generous and with his time and with his things. And he just loved us. He took care of us, you know, and we loved him, you know, like, and uh, there was nothing like it. And by the way, Keanu, you know, Catherine Bigelow, this, she's such a genius. You know, she's a visionary artist, right? Like, and she goes like, I think that guy from Bill and Ted's would be great, you know, next to Patrick Swayze. I think he'd be a good FBI, you know, a lawyer, FBI agent, you know, who can also play a surfer. And they're like, studio's like, the, the stone kid from the, <laughs> that stoner skateboarder? Yeah. She's like, well, I, I think I, I see something in him, you know, like, I think... You know, Catherine's like, if you film two people, you know, you know, she, you know, she, what she's concerned with is where your eyeballs go. You know, yeah. she goes, no, I think he holds the same gaze. You know, he holds the same allure and attention as the biggest movie star in the world, Patrick Swayze at the time, you know, and people just thought she was crazy. And now look at Keanu, you know, yeah. just look at that guy. And, and so she, she saw, he, she saw that in him. The camera you know? loves him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, she she saw that in him, and he's the smartest guy in any room he walks into, and you'd never know it until you knew, you know, unless you unless you watch all his interviews, you know, like if you watch every one of his late night interviews, you go, God, he's not like other people. He's like he'll say something, 
you'll make a reference. He'll say something about astral physics, you know, or philosophy or something. That's just people are like, I don't know what, you know, Stephen Colbert is like, I can't, I don't know what that's beyond my (laughs) intellect grasp. You know, it comes Keanu will just immediately try to make him feel better, you know, (laughs) by by (laughs) acting, you know, humble and stuff, but he's just got a photographic memory and just a, just a amazingly wonderful man. Cool. Generous guy. So, so here's Patrick and here's Keanu and we're, we're, you know, surfing and robbing banks that's just like i had surfed in a movie before so when we went over to hawaii and brian kailan is the water patrol guy and he's helping us i'm like yeah brian can i surf you know he goes yeah john you can surf you know get talk to these two guys you know Braden diaz and some other fucking pipe master guy you know, <laughs> yeah, they'll exactly. take you out and i'm like oh my god my life Insane. but you know it's amazing what you can get used to when you're working on something like i look back on it so grateful but at the time, I was like, that guy that I played in Point Break was an asshole. You know, he was a dick. You know, you yeah. don't, you don't. He's not laughing a lot. He's kind of hard ass, and that's how I, that's how I, that I'm not a good enough actor just to be like John, you know. And then all of a sudden, a bank robber who will shoot you in the head, you know, cut your head off, you know, okay. to get to, you know, to safety, you know. Right. I so I'm like a dick the whole time. I'm making that movie, kind of entitled we're buffed out like we we were all working out at gold's gym and eating like sushi and rice like we're all like ripped you know like right on yeah Catherine made that you know she made us do that you know that's we're all, class you know, sometimes it'd be cool we'd ride motorcycles to the gym with james legro and keanu reeves had his norton commander back commando back then you know i had wow. a triumph bonneville and we'd ride our motorcycles to venice gym and work out it was like awesome man that's so cool so- good memories and, and you know what a what a director I, I mean, she's obviously won the academy award did james cameron pop around too and uh, oh yeah saw him all the time you yeah, know like he enough. was the writer he helped her you know formulate the script they were dating at the time he'd come to the set sometimes james is here you know like oh well. yeah um you know i'd go over to their house and like go, oh, here's my ideas for the scene you know here's some script i wrote and, you know like i was so stupid i was so like yeah they're like i think the script's pretty good and i went yeah i think it could be great you know like <laughs> here's my ideas. like as if like so delusional you know These, i was a delusional you know entitled young actor at the time uh, you know but uh but you know that's okay that that works sometimes sometimes that works for film you get a dumb guy that's super confident it's like well that'll be okay for now it doesn't last for it doesn't work forever but it right. works for short periods of time well let's let's pick this up uh before one one more question but let's pick uh up a lot of this stuff at the q a when you come to florida wouldn't when, when, you know next year we're gonna make that happen but um do you have a quality uh Busey story behind the scenes of Point Break. I mean, he lights up every single scene he's in, and I absolutely can't get enough of that character, you know? No one can, yeah. I mean, well, they can now. I mean, I've worked with Gary. I mean, at the time, we were just, like, enthralled. Like, you know, like, he didn't give a shit about us at, you know, the little, my our little surf gang, you know, even though... I rode motorcycles and surfed, you know, but he didn't really care about stuff like that. He had just recovered from an accident and he had just gotten a little bit spiritual at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I didn't get to interact with him much. Okay. You know, but it was a, you know, on the set. But I have since then I produced a movie called Chasing the Dream, and Gary Busey is the narrator. And my my the guy who directed Angelo May asked me if I could get him. And I said, I think I can. You know, I called him, I met him, I said, hey, my friend's making a, has made a great movie. He would like you to be the narrator, you know, I, I'm a producer, we can get you like, 
$10,000 in cash. It'll take you two days, you know, like, right. And at the time that was a good deal for him, right. you know, for what he was going through. And then I went over to his house, like, and watched him and, you know, we had changed our, you know, he was difficult, you know, and uh. he was difficult, crazy. And we had started calling him scary abusey because he was abusive and okay. scary. And, you know, he had, he, you know, drugs had taken effect on him, had a huge effect on him. Okay. When I worked with him, he was a, he was a dream. That guy is, you know, he's as good as an actor can ever be. You look, look, look back at some of the movies he's done and some of the lines he's delivered. Yeah. No right. one could ever do them better, you know, ever. He, he's so powerful with one line, things that he says, it's more powerful than anybody else on screen. Yeah, Lethal you Weapon. Know? I can't. I mean, there's a lot of great parts that lethal he had. Lethal Weapon, yeah. Buddy Holly story, just stuff where he's like, he'll say yes. one line and you're like, that was the best thing in the whole movie, you know, and that's what he's like, you know, but but he's, I he is, a, I cannot even believe that guy's alive and he's survived so much. I, I wish him the best. No doubt. I really do. But it was it was difficult the second time I worked with him. Ah, yeah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. I, it's gonna. I I hope I'm not a cranky old man, but I'm starting to head that way. Aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, hey, uh, get off my lawn. That's gonna be my shirt, my t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got, John? Anything else for uh, our turtle over here? We got the amazing John Philbin, who spent an hour with us now talking about some great Hollywood stories, and I really. <laughs> Can't say how excited I am to get you out here to show everybody undateable John in live and in person with a Q&A with you. That'd be great. Absolutely. Give, give, that, me your, really give me your best memory or surf story, so to speak, from uh, your time in Indonesia. Yeah, how about that? Oh, right. okay, great. So I go to this place called G-Land, Body yeah. Surf Camp. I've been going there since... I actually started going there in 1980. I went there when I was at USC once. Wow. It was just... And then as soon as I started having time after being an actor, I started going there every year. And I was there one year and a tsunami came in and destroyed the camp. And I was present. I was there when a tsunami wave went over my shack and I was trapped underneath a wave in the middle of the night. Holy shit. Wrapped up in a mosquito net with a tree bent over me going, my life is over. I'm dead. Wow. I started to drown. I was whole. I held my breath as long as I could. I started to have to take breaths of this briny, you know, death water that had killed everything on the reef for 500 yards, you know, and then it got to me. Wow. I'm drowning. I'm fantasizing about being underwater, holding a surfboard and popping up like in a James Bond movie and paddling around these volcano tops. I thought the whole world opened up. I'm hallucinating. And the wave sucked back out, flipped the tree, took the roof off. I ripped out of my mosquito net. And I stood up and I could breathe oxygen. My board on its way back out to the Indian Ocean hit me in the leg. I grabbed it just like in my dream and ran into the jungle screaming, grab a board to everybody, you know, oh my everybody, God. everybody else had a different experience. They, they got pushed into the bamboo weeds and they thought a lion, a tiger was killing them. They were getting mauled yeah. by a tiger. People were screaming tiger because there's tigers in this camp. Oh, yeah. Middle of the night, loud, scratched to death. Wave goes away. They're, they're a bloody mess. They're like, I'm in, they go into shock immediately. Right. I knew I was underwater. <clears throat> But they thought they were getting mauled by tigers. Everybody had a different story. I'm a survivor. We have a, we go there every June 4th, like when we had the survivors meet at G-Land. If they can, that's where I'm going to be this year at, at that time. And wow. I'm going to just, I love my, my fellow G-Land tsunami survivors. Can I ask you a quick oh, that's one? that's amazing. That is amazing. Was, was there a guy there named <laughs> Paul King? Yeah, I mean, time? you know, Paul King might've been there. He is an Indo guy. Like, and I know I've met Paul King. He might've been there. 
you know, there were some, there were some, there were a lot of guys there that I haven't really connected, but he might've been there. I know he was all around Bali at that time and doing tours too. Exactly. So he was the surf travel company in Australia and Paul yes. and I, I, I met him later in 2000, but Paul had told me a story when I met him in 2000, we were on Sibirut, you know, near the playgrounds area and uh, we're in a little hotel there in the fishing village hotel. It was like a, a wooden shack, right? And awesome. um, yeah. he's telling me stories. We'd had a few bentangs and uh, he told me a story about being at Bobby's at G-Land and a, and a tsunami coming through. Well, and, that's it. He and, was there. And he said the person... He said the the eeriest thing after the tsunami came through, he saw somebody running maybe naked with a surfboard into the jungle. Was that you? I don't know if you maybe well, might might have been, but that wasn't the eeriest thing. What happened was that's so funny because everybody's story is different. When I yeah. ran in yelling, grab a board, I went by Monty Weber's shack. Yeah. And Monty Weber's a, a, an Australian surf journalist. Yeah. He was dry. He was like, what happened? Oh my God. You know, perfectly dry because he was up on oh, higher shit. ground. Yeah. And he goes, Grab a board. And he's Australian, right? He goes, Oh, that's what we're doing. We're grabbing boards. And he looks out <laughs> and sees boards out in the, there's no water. It's all sucked out. And there's a couple of broken boards on the reef. So he goes out there to get them. Oh, shit. And he's, oh, my God. he's standing on the reef. He's got these boards and he, he's probably naked. And he looks up and he goes, What the fuck am I doing out here? Yeah. I'm about to get ground to a pulp. Yeah. There comes another wave and he runs back in and runs up into the jungle going, ah, tsunami. You know, he had no idea what was going on. And that's probably what Paul King saw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But we're all running into the jungle. He heard me yell, grab a board when I went by him. Oh, Thinking he's like, if you don't have a board, you're not going to survive underwater for very long. You got to have a flotation device. Yeah. And he's like, but he hears like, Oh, there's boards out there. And want, and we're all going to go rescue each other's boards. Like I'm a Australian. Oh I'm going to pitch God. in and help. <laughs> not every man for himself. Like the American West is. Yeah. No. What a crazy story and a coincidence of, of hearing it from two different points of view. And Oh my God, you were in that Beautiful. tsunami. Crazy. This is what I love about surfing is that it's such a small community. And, and if you've, if you've, if you've dedicated your life to surfing, which I know you have, I have, Kevin has, like you, you do like you run into these same people and you, and these stories all start to intersect at the same point. And it's amazing. That is such a great intersection. I love that. I will tell Monty Weber that like, he's still putting out, you know, there is a surf magazine going on right now called tracks. Yeah. Tracks in Australia. Great so magazine. Cool. Great people. Yeah. And so, and I think surfing life Australia is still around too. Occasionally um, but, yeah. But yeah, the the U.S. unfortunately, uh, well, Surfers Journal, don't have Surfers Journal, um, uh, still exists. Journal, right? Um, but yeah, but um, and actually, just a a recommendation for you because of the time you spent out there. A couple months ago, we did a podcast with a woman named Dion Hadiani. He knows her. You're friends with her on Facebook. I know about yeah. I'm friends with her on, on about. I I I did a. I helped her do a little promotion for the book, G-Land. Oh, yeah, amazing. Dion, yeah. yeah, Chronicles of G-Land. Small yeah. world. Man. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, she's done a great job. The book, I loved it. Yeah. I've yeah. got it. I've got a copy. And I did a little thing in Bali for her at uh, Deus. We did a little promotion for it, a little reading, telling stories. I told my tsunami story. So oh, was awesome. Told, you know, another G-Land lore, G-Land ghost stories, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, she sent she sent us a copy of the book, and I've been reading through it. It's It's fantastic. And small world uh, yeah it's one of the places on my list for sure i've i've gotten to, lucky enough to go to indo and the mental wise and stuff but i still haven't surfed g land so it's on the list and uh june, this june 
Yeah. Or if we don't see you oh, before. You'll be doing the film festival. You can't go. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll make, I'm, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I'm going to sneak up there and see Dave in May and, uh, or the end of May, early uh, June. And then, but Dude. Dave Sokol, who owns Red Dog Surf Shop, a sponsor of Dave our so- festival who, and Kimbali uh, Furniture for, since we started, since year one. What know, a what, small world. I love that guy. Crazy. That's Last Wave Dave in my book forever. Yeah. Right on. Dog Dave. Well, listen, this has been a real joy. Uh, I'll never forget this interview, John. Thank you so much for doing this. Me neither. Thanks, guys. I'd love to see it. I look forward to meeting you. Uh, and thank you. Yeah, it's we'll amazing. Be I, you. you know what? Oh, I, I got a, I got one request on the way out. Is I, I got to hear you say, no, nobody listens to Turtle, bro. <laughs> nobody listens to Turtle. Uh, uh, thank it. you, brother. Yeah. Awesome. You're, You're the best, John. Thanks, man. Thanks, John. All right. Bye, you guys. Cheers, brother. Talk soon. Cheers. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I had to I had to have him say it. I had to have him say it. Nobody listens to third over. <laughs> he charges to $35. <laughs> he per should. Line, He'd so. be a rich man if he got 35 bucks every time somebody said that line. Got a Venmo him. I yeah. Know. Oh yeah, he What an absolute treat. I know. We we just like my face hurts right now. Yeah. He's smiling. Uh you said it earlier. I think the possibility positivity with which he brings uh, the turtle character and uh, this undateable John character is unbelievable. And we, that's infectious and it makes me smile. It makes me want to see more of John on screen and I want to, you know, wish him the best and thank him for being on our podcast and look forward to seeing him in person, hopefully here at the Florida Surf Film Festival in February. Absolutely. Can't wait. And I uh, just want to say thanks to a few of our sponsors, uh, Monster Energy, well, there's a few of them, aren't there? So uh, Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation helps pay for this podcast. You Absolutely. guys have seen that license plate around Florida. It's the Endless Summer License Plate. Next time you get a new one, feel free to sign up for that one, and those proceeds will go to help support things like this podcast. Absolutely. We have Yeti. We have Rourke uh, coming on board again, hopefully. Sunbum. Uh, yeah. Josh Wagner, the lawyer dude. A lot of great, pod, uh, not podcasts, but sponsors for us or a festival and the podcast keep them coming check our page for, for if you want to know who to support in our local community a number of folks around town and uh yeah dave sokol for crying out loud who yeah apparently run into john at uh Uluwatu. yeah yeah hanging out with uh with turtle you know over there in bali what a great podcast thanks for uh joining me this friday john anything else you there we go